Welcome to Holding Fast. How is your anchor holding today as it gripped firmly to the unshakable rock of Holy Scripture? Well, we've come to the last day of the podcast week, and it happens to be Friday, and this is Hymn History Friday. Haven't done one of these for a little bit, and so I think we're about due. So I'm going to call your attention to a hymn that I have sung ever since I was a child. Uh, I know that if you've been a believer or disciple of Christ for any length of time, you have undoubtedly heard about this song uh, because it has been sung in so many Bible-believing churches and included in so many hymnals. It doesn't matter uh, uh, what uh, what uh, particular denomination, it's often included in that in that hymn book. And the name of the hymn, of course, is, or not of course, but here it is, At Calvary. Uh, it's a hymn that was written by a man named William R. Newell. Uh, William Newell was a, I have n- several of his commentaries in my personal library. Uh, he has been instrumental in giving good conservative Bible teaching uh, throughout uh, his ministry as he grew into adulthood. Now, not everybody thought that William Newell might end up being what he was as a a college teacher and a professor uh, of theology. He was not, he didn't start off really on the right foot. I mean, uh, to have a child to grow into his teenage years as a troubled uh, young person can be very burdensome to parents. William Newell was no exception. He was not what he ought to be for the Lord when he was a young man. Uh, in fact, uh, his uh, father, who was a pastor <laughs> in the early 1900s, um, he, uh, he was uh, concerned about his son. His teenage son was not heading in the right direction. He was in a lot of trouble. And there was a Bible college not far from them called Moody Bible Institute. You've probably heard of it. The president of that school was a man named R.A. Torrey, Reuben Archer Torrey. And uh, he received a letter from a troubled pastor who was in Savannah, Ohio, not far from Moody Bible Institute. Uh, the Ohio man who wrote them the letter was the father of William known as Bill Newell, and he was causing so much trouble for his father, so much heart uh, heartache and, and, and anguish for them. Pastor Newell really did sense that his son needed to be under the influence of scriptural teaching and uh, of, uh, of uh, 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 in the fellowship, I guess I should say, with young people whose attitudes were what they ought to be for the Lord and trying to live for God. And so in the letter, uh, Pastor Newell wrote to Tory and said, can I enroll my son Bill in your school? And and, uh, President Tory, R.A. Tory, answered the letter and said, listen, this is an institute where we're training pastors and future missionaries and people that have made a commitment to serve the Lord full time. We're not a reform school. We're not somebody who can fix this boy's problems. But Pastor Newell didn't let up. He continued in successive letters to try to plead for his son's case. Finally, after many weeks, R.A. Tory. Uh, uh, conceded and contacted Duell and tell him that his son Bill could enter. 
uh, Moody Bible Institute with certain conditions that had to be observed. And so he had to attend classes faithful every day. He had to obey all the rules. And every day he had to stop by R.A. Torrey's office. And so Newell and uh, Pastor Newell and Bill, his son, agreed, and Moody Bible Institute had a brand new student. And later on, Tory said this, I never saw a young man with more problems. Well, time went by, and the investment that R.A. Tory decided to make in Bill Newell's life began to, to produce fruit. Uh, Bill would stop by President Tory's office every day, if if not for a lesson, just to be able to say hello. And R.A. Tory invested his life in that young man. But one day it all became different because Bill Newell burst into President Tory's office and announced to him, guess what? I've just become a Christian. I've been saved. They took that time to rejoice together. Bill had a life-changing conversion to the Lord. His life completely was transformed. He graduated with a doctorate degree. Uh, He he had a brief pastoral ministry, but he returned eventually as a faculty member. And afterwards, he, he assumed the post of assistant superintendent of the whole Moody Bible Institute. And after teaching so many years... Uh, He even had an international teaching ministry. Well, that brings us to the text of our hymn at Calvary today. Uh, This hymn was actually written in a classroom on the back of a used envelope at Moody Bible Institute during a, uh, in between classes during a planning time that Dr. Newell had. Uh, He had been teaching on the crucifixion of Christ and on the great sacrifice of our Lord And his mind was just saturated with that topic. And so he sat down and kind of based the the hymn, the four stanzas of the hymn at Calvary, uh, loosely on an outline of the book of Romans, where he at first began uh, talking about his sinful condition and then about uh, second stanza about how the law could not be Uh, fulfilled by himself but had to be fulfilled by Christ and uh, then the third stanza going on and talking about the the salvation that's offered in the Lord and then the fourth stanza that coming to repentance and trust and finding himself gloriously saved and so on the back of that used envelope uh, the text uh, uh, was written down by uh, William Newell and then the bell rang And when uh, William Newell was going on to a next class, he happened to come by a man named Dr. Daniel uh, Towner. He was the music director of Moody Bible Institute. They were passing each other in the hallway, and Dr. Newell gave him this envelope with these fresh words, these lyrics that were written on it to Dr. Towner and said, "Uh, Dr. Towner, could you write music to these lyrics? And so Dr. Towner had the next period free, and he went to a vacant piano room at Moody Bible Institute and sat down and started started writing a melody and a tune for his friend's lyrics. And an hour later, the bell rang again, and the two each other saw each other in the, in the uh, hallway again, 
Uh, and they went into the piano practice room and they sang that brand new song together for the first time at Moody Bible Institute. It's especially a great tune, I think, because it's upbeat. It's conveying a, a celebration mood, a, a happiness. Uh, most hymns on the topic of Christ's sufferings will use melodies and rhythms and things that are more reflective or, or sad, sometimes a little melancholy. Uh, written in a slower tempo, maybe even a minor key, like one that we've sung uh, not too long ago, stricken, smitten, and afflicted. But this hymn is really the opposite. The the uh, guy who composed it, Dr. Towner, he celebrates what was accomplished on Calvary. Years I spent in vanity and pride, caring not my Lord was crucified, knowing not it was for me he died, on Calvary, as we say. Mercy, there was great, and grace was free. Pardon, there was multiplied to me. There my burdened soul found liberty at Calvary. And then the second stanza, By God's word at last my sin I learned. Then I trembled at the law I'd spurned, till my guilty soul imploring turned to Calvary. Now I've given, third stanza, now I've given to Jesus everything. Now I gladly own him as my king. Now my raptured soul can only sing of Calvary. And then last of all, oh, the love that drew salvation's plan. Oh, the grace that brought it down to man. Oh, the mighty gulf that God did span at Calvary. Have you been to Calvary? Have you experienced that transformation work of the saving grace of the Lord Jesus Christ? I hope you'll consider that today. We are about to come into another Lord's Day, and I trust that your plan is to be there and to learn to love Him more for all that He's done for you. God bless you.